At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the house. I tell you what, throughout the year, just in general, we get kind of worn out celebrating everything, right? I mean, it seems like every other week it's something else to celebrate. Well, actually every week. Uh, I don't know if you, you've got it on your, in your phone on your calendar, but it tells you every holiday that there is. I mean, I, I had no idea some of the things that we celebrate in this country, you know. I mean, you name it, you can just pick something out and, and throw it in and they'll, they'll add it, you know. I mean, it, it's nuts what we celebrate and you get kind of worn out with it, but not mothers. No. We don't ever, ever, ever get tired of celebrating mothers. Not ever. And you know, I like to say it like this, that once you're a mother, you're always a mother. You're always a mother. Once you're a mother, you're always a mother. I think some people have thought of motherhood being something that you did until your child was 18 years old. And then, and then you kind of out of sight, out of mind, and you're done. You know, no, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. And if you think that way, most of the time, things don't work well for the children. Just my opinion. Mary was telling Jesus what to do until he was 30. We have record of her telling him what to do. But in a moment, the situation changed. Even though you're a mother, when your children are little and you're raising your children, as they get older, situations change. As they marry, things change. As they grow up, they they become accountable in their life. They're doing their own things. Things change somewhat as it did with Mary with Jesus, but she never stopped being his mother to the day she stood and watched him breathe his last. She was his mother. And she was always identified in the Bible as Mary, mother of Jesus. We're going to talk a little bit more about her in this message, but all I'm talking about today is mothers. Sometimes I'll have difficulty with certain things that we're celebrating driving the story or the point home about what it is that we're talking about at times because I just I just preach the word. But today is a word message about mothers. And we've been in a series on relationships and um To me, motherhood is probably, if not, if not the highest calling, but one of the highest callings, being a mother. Um, but it's the most underappreciated position that there is, or maybe recognized. Maybe appreciated is not the right word, but recognized talked about, realized everything that goes into being a mother. 
Father's one thing, mother's something different. And um, everything that I'm ministering to you, I'm, I'm not a mother, you can see. And so I'm not talking from the experience of being a mother, I'm talking from experience of number one, knowing God, knowing the Holy Ghost, and seeing in the Word how He sees mothers. And then having two mothers of my own, a mother-in-law and uh, a wife that has been the mother of our four daughters all of these years, and watching all of that in operation. And today, after 64 years of being alive, I have kind of an interpretation and an understanding of mothers that I'm giving you today from the Word of God. Um, without mothers, greatness does not continue in the earth. Without mothers, the great people, man, just think of some of the mothers you know that birthed certain people, that raised them, and they became what God called them to be, and the world was changed as a result. Today we're going to talk about three of them in a moment. Um, but one of the first things I want to say as I, as I begin to read Scripture about this is that mothers must walk by faith. If anybody needs to be living and operating in faith, it's mothers. I'll say it again. If anybody needs to be in faith and trust and confidence of God and the person of the Holy Spirit being the helper to help them, it's mothers. Because every mother I've known needs help. And there's no helper. There's no help like the helper. No help anywhere like the helper. John 14, I want to read this. And verse 15. I'm reading this in the, out of the Amplified in honor of the mothers. If you really love me, you will keep obey, keep obey my commandments. I will ask the Father, and He will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. Today we're just, I'm talking to mothers, and you need all of that. Every mother in the house needs a counselor, needs a helper, needs an intercessor, needs an advocate, needs a strengthener, needs somebody standing by them. Well, Pastor, I have my husband. Well, not always. No, he can't stand by you like Holy Ghost can stand by you. Mm -mm. You can have an attorney, but nobody can be an attorney for you on your behalf like the Holy Ghost. You can feel comforted by some people, some situations at some time, but nobody can comfort you like the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive Welcome, take it, take to its heart, because it does not see Him 
or know and recognize him, but you know and you recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. That's on that side of the cross. He is in you today on this side of the cross. Can you say amen? Amen. Every mother today, I'm telling you, Holy Ghost is with you. I don't care where you're at in motherhood. Like I said, every mother will always be a mother. I don't care where you're at in motherhood. You need the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost will reveal the truth to you to empower you to walk by faith. Not by sight. Not be moved by the daily circumstances, especially when the children are young. The daily circumstances that want to be that want to be stirred up, things turned upside down. And I mean, one day it, it's it's great, the next day it's chaos. It can be with grown children. One day it's great, the next day it's chaos. You're always a mother. And you'll always be because you'll always have wisdom and understanding that Proverbs says that you have that your children need. And it says that the children will take the wisdom and understanding from the mother and the father. But I'm talking about mothers today. Things will go well with them in their life. You know, the the, the picture, you know, until I was about probably 25, maybe a little bit older than that, maybe 27. Until that time, I had real attitude toward my mother. Did not like her, had almost a hatred toward her. My parents ended up, they they divorced when I was a a young person, and so I had all all these ideas about life and everything, you know, stirred up in me, and I, I didn't know you know, really what to do with it. Uh, I met my wife first year at college um, when I was 18. At, at 20, we were married. And um, because of the, the attitude that I had toward my mom, I didn't even let my mom come to my wedding. Didn't even invite her. And so everybody can have those type of stories. You either have a good story or maybe you don't have such a good story. But the story with my mom is that as I began at 18 years old, I got born again. And I began to understand the things of this word that we're talking about today. And it began to renew my mind and empower me to understand things in life that in the natural, I would never understand. And without the helper to help me, I couldn't have understood why my mom did some of the things that she did. But I know this. She did the best she could with what she had. See? And when I began to develop things spiritually, I was forced by the Holy Spirit to make things right with my mom. And when I did... Mm. things just got better. Natural circumstances didn't change so much, but our relationship changed. And I realized what a great mother that she was and what she had done for me and that I was alive. I'm here today because of her. One of the kindest women you'll ever know.
And in the early 2000s, I was able to lead her to the Lord. She passed away about eight years ago. I was able to lead her to the Lord. But I was able to lead her to the Lord because she saw something in me that she wanted. And it's because my heart changed because the helper helped me to change and realize how great my mom was. I mean, I could over here, I can list all the things that she did wrong. You want anybody doing that to you? Yeah, but she's your mom. No. No, all of a sudden, the, the, the roles reversed. She's my mom, but I begin to stand in the gap for her life and see her delivered of some things that she needed to be delivered of. And so, as I'm giving some of these illustrations about these mothers in relationships, don't think for a second that you don't relate to that because, Pastor, you don't know what I went through, okay? I don't. God does. I'm not saying God condones things that have happened to people and things that maybe mothers allowed that have happened to you physically or in sexually or some way that, that, that something that goes against the Word of God or even something that's illegal or immoral. I'm not talking about God condoning those things. I'm talking about your heart learning to see the good in what someone has done in spite of the things that they did to you. That's what happened with me. That's why I can say that today. Can you say amen? amen? So we need the helper. John 16 says it again in a, in a little bit different way. Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. Now, ha- however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. I'm speaking to mothers today. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and give it to you. As a mother, you need, through the person of the Holy Spirit, what Father's desire and will is for you, but you need the comfort of the Father. You need the help that comes from the Father. You need the counsel that comes from the Father. You need all that comes from the Father that we just read about and and anything else that the Bible says is yours. You need it. Because without that, you're not able to accomplish what God put you here to accomplish. And as a mother, that's one of your callings. And actually, to me, I would say, it's your highest calling. My highest calling is to be a father. Father and mother, you read the book of Proverbs, they're everything. They're everything. And no matter where your children are today or what has, where their life is, by the end of this message, you're going to be empowered to Keep fulfilling the role as a mother in their lives. No matter what. No matter they're this, this big or this big. Can you say amen? Romans 8 and 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with your spirit, mothers, that you are a child of God. And you are the recipient of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God and the truth 
that will liberate your life and empower you to fulfill your calling as a mother. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. So, I want to look at three mothers from the Bible. And I want to look at them um, in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 11.3 says this, By faith, what did I say about mothers? They must learn and develop a life of faith and trust in God. Because he's, he, is the, he is the designer of marriage and family and of the roles that mother and father play as mothers, he has designed your role. So if he's the designer, he's the architect of that, then he's got the plan of how it works. So you have to be connected to him. And Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So what has to happen is, the same faith that framed the world is the same faith that has to frame your world. I said the same faith that has framed the world is the same faith that has to frame your personal world. Frame it. Develop it. Work with it. How? By not basing your life on the things that you see, but on the things you don't see. So you have to turn to the things you don't see, which is God and His truth and His Word, and let that become more real than what you see, how you feel, and how things appear to be. We're talking to mothers today, and that's where mothers get defeated, get discouraged, get worn out. I can't even imagine. When my children were little, And I would come home from the office and my wife, on certain days, you know, her hair was a little poofy <laughs> and uh, she was kind of struggling <laughs> and, uh, you know, I might come home and say, well, here, let me help you clean up and, and uh do some of the dishes that weren't done. Now, that just saying to her, she didn't do a good job. See, she could have had all that done if she hadn't had four little ones to take care of. I'm at the office with adults. So one of the things that really helped her are the times when I would take those four little ones to the park and run them silly. Hmm? and wear them out. And if she had two hours by herself, for most people, that would be like eight hours. That's the help she needed. And most women, though, if they don't have the help, and I'm not saying I did that perfectly by any means. I'm just saying, using that as an example, that's what I did at times. And that's what helped her. But most women, a lot of women that, that I've noticed, just the ones that I've been around and seen, if they don't have that kind of help, they get overdone. And in times when she didn't have that help from me, 
she had to get the help from the helper. And, and you know what? In the natural, well, that's not, that's not fair. Or I should have done more. You know, I mean, I, that was all, I got a list of what I should have done more. But I'm talking about her not being a victim and her staying in the game and raising these children for greatness. That's what, that's what, greatness in the earth will not continue if mothers throw in the towel. <laughs> because the dudes ain't got it. The mothers throw in the towel, no more greatness. I mean, what athlete do you see on TV? Oh, I just really appreciate my dad. I mean, every once in a while, but most of the time, it's mama and grandma. Hmm? Most of the time. Where would I be without mama? Where would I be? I, I, I never would have made it this far. Mama always encouraged me. She was always there. She never quit. That's what we have to have with every mother. I'm not telling you like I understand what you go through or what you've gone through. I'm not telling you like I know that. I'm telling you what the Word says. And I'm taking these passages of Scripture today and, and, and telling you if you will frame your world with the Word of God and develop a life of faith and trust and confidence in God through the person of the Holy Spirit, you can do anything. You'll come up with ideas and wisdom and understanding about how to accomplish what you need to and get all the help you need. Or he's not true and he can't lie. And if the helper is here to help us, then he'll help you. And there's no job that needs help like being a mother. I don't care if you have one or ten. So in Hebrews 11, 11, it says this, <clears throat> By faith, Sarah, Abraham's wife, herself also, received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age. <laughs> you think 90s past the age? Just a tad. <clears throat> she bore a child when she was past the age because it just so happened. No, because she judged him faithful who had promised. You see, faith in action. And Sarah's faith serves as an example, I believe, and it should be to every mother that has ever had to wait. And I'm not just talking about waiting to conceive. I'm talking about in every way. Her faith should be to all mothers... That if you, as you're waiting, you're developing faith, and that's what happened with Sarah. Where there wasn't faith and trust in God, she continued to prolong because, you know, at, at about 65, at, at about 65, when Abraham was about 75, God made the promise to him. And it was 25 years later that it came to pass. I'm saying what happened along the way is where there was faithlessness, where there was no faith, or there was the lack of faith, or the lack of development of faith, she began to develop faith. And what happened was, after 25 years, it doesn't matter how long it takes. It didn't matter if she was sick. I mean, 
How many women do you know that get pregnant at 65? Not too many that I've ever heard of, maybe in the Guinness Book of World Records or something. But Sarah at 90. And Sarah's situation wasn't a Mary situation where the Holy Ghost came in and entered. No, it was because of her faith. Any mother that things have ever taken a long time in your life, just know as you develop faith in God like we just talked about, you allow the Holy Spirit to become everything that you need. I'm just telling you today, your husband or, the, or if you're a single mom, no person can be the help that the helper should be. See, if I was talking to men, I'd be telling them about how to help their wives. But mothers, it's not your job to force your husband to do the things you want him to do. It's the Holy Spirit's job. You need to be praying for him. I mean, you know, there's times he needs you, you to instruct him, tell him things, help him. My wife's helped me so much just how to be a man, you know, telling me things that my father didn't have the ability to give me and help me become who I needed to be. I needed to learn to listen to her. And there's times where I have to submit to the, the words that she's speaking to me to help me. But I'm just saying in general, no man or no person on the planet can help you like the helper. And he'll do it all. He will do it all for you. He will do it all for you like he did for Sarah. In the 23rd verse of Hebrews 11, by faith... Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents, mainly his mother, because they, if you go read the story, mainly his mother, because they saw he was a beautiful child. When you look at that, I mean, you think he was just a, a real, like, pretty little baby. No. What they saw was that he was an anointed child. There was a calling on his life. That's what they saw. And they were not afraid of the king's command. They were not afraid. But they did what God told them to do. She did what God told her to do. Um, I think this is the way you say it, but his mother's name was Jochebed. That was Moses' mother's name, which would also be Miriam and Aaron's mother. She was the mother of all three of them. And, um, and I believe that it was her faith that saved Moses. And the Bible says that she was, and, and even church history says this, that she, she sent Moses down the river. Pharaoh's daughter got him. She spied it out and found out where Moses was and where he went to. And she became a nurse for him and helped raise him. That's a mother with faith. Not concerned about what Pharaoh wanted to do and, and kill all the babies. No, she was going to do whatever it took because of her faith in God and her faith in the fact that she knew that Moses had a calling and actually Moses' calling touched the lineage of Jesus. She had great faith for him. <clears throat> 
And the third mother I want to look at is the mother of all mothers, Mary. And I'm, gonna, I just, I'm just going to read this little bit of story in Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to start with uh, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which was Mary's aunt who birthed John the Baptist, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. She's 16 years old and an angel appears. Do you think it might kind of startle you, right? Just a tad. Um, The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. (laughs) A little bit of pressure, right? How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who, ha- who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left. Do you see some faith in that? At 16 years old, the girl, only thing she questioned was, how can this be by me not being with a man? How can this be? Everybody knew what it would take to have a child. The angel answers it. It's declared that no word from God will ever fail. What God is saying right now will come to pass. And Mary said, in essence, so be it according to the word of the Father. So by faith and trust, Mary accepted what was presented to her. So that what? So that Jesus could come about, he could be raised up. Her responsibility as a mother to a child was huge. When when you look at this passage, you know, For me, I think a lot about the fact that what Mary accepted, she also accepted the criticism that went with it. I mean, they they wanted to stone her to death. Never, you know, supposedly she was never with a man, but she she was engaged to Joseph, but now she's pregnant. 
I can imagine Joseph is freaking out, getting more emotional than her, and um, not knowing what to do, and his responsibility is to take her to the street and let them stone her to death because she's pregnant. You know, all these crazy rules and things that went on in that day. He heard from the angel. He did what was right. She did what was right. The criticism, the looks, people staring at her, people turning their nose up at her, not accepting her in any way, shape, or form, right? But she stood in faith against all the criticism, all the naysayers. And, And to me, she is an example to all mothers that obedience and submission to the Father's will will produce the greatness in your children and their future. Mm -hmm. Obedience and submission to the Father's will will do that. And the only way you can obey the Father's will is to know the Father's will. And the only way to know the Father's will is to know the truth through the person of the Holy Spirit. And when you know the truth through the Holy Spirit in your life, there's no end to what you can do and accomplish. Think about Mary. Just think, you've you got to dig deep. Like, like um, um, what's the show? Chosen. Gosh, I always, always want to call it The Passion. <clears throat> but The Chosen. How many like The Chosen? Now, if you haven't watched The Chosen, download the app and start watching it. But what The Chosen has done is got you to think about other things that went on in the day. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. You know, they're not adding to Scripture when they do say some of the things that they say, but they get you to think. Just like I'm thinking, they've helped me to think, even what I'm saying right now, to think about how she was criticized and how she was looked upon and, and, and treated by people, but she believed the Word of the Lord. She was going to stay with God. She was going to have faith in God, and did it produce? Whew, did it produce? For every one of us and everyone that's ever lived or ever will live, it produced for us because of Mary's obedience. Her obedience and her submission to the will of the Father. You know, a lot of the things that I'm talking about to mothers, man, there's no fanfare, there's no cameras watching you do what you do at home or or, or what you do with your children or whatever. There's there's none of that. Some Some of... No, I'll say the most unselfish people I've ever met are mothers. And and I don't say this critically because I have a lot of friends that are this way. And I really don't say this critically in any way. It's It's just a judgment. But I can tell in a minute when somebody doesn't have children. You can just tell. Why? Because they're all about themselves. Because they don't have children to be about. Right? Maybe they've learned to try to be about other people or, you know, uh, nieces and nephews or this or that. or I mean, you know, may, maybe so. But I, I, it's like I can tell in a second when a married couple doesn't have children. Just because of the way they talk, the way they act, the way they whatever, you know. 
Most people with children, when they see other children, they watch other children. They love, even if they're being wild, because you know, I don't have to deal with them. (laughs) Even if they're throwing a big fit in the middle of a restaurant or something, you don't like to sit and listen to that, you know. But most of the time, even if they're wild in a high chair or whatever, you're still looking at them. Oh, it's so cute, reminding you of when you did those things. If you, or some of you are there doing those things right now, right? There's no fanfare with this. Being a true mother is not for the the weak-hearted, the faint, the faint-hearted. But God put it in you to be a mother and empowered you to be a mother. And no matter where you're at in that stage, God wants you to be the best mother that you can be. Even if you're a grand today, you're still a mother. And he wants you to be the greatest ever. <laughs> All God does with people is make them great. So see, I'm not, I'm not like putting this thing on you that you have to become great. And you don't know all the bad things. No, no, no. I'm just talking about from today on, taking this and letting the Holy Spirit show you things about this and just be the greatest you've ever been. Greatest you've ever been. So today as I end this, I want to read a passage and I want to encourage you. I was sharing something along this line in a a little bit different way with my prayer team, the prayer team here this morning, I shared these scriptures with them, and um, this one scripture passage. And I want to read it to you today as mothers, and I want you to think about this. <clears throat> it was found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. He said, For though we walk in the flesh, we live in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And I can promise you, at every level today, we are in a war on planet Earth. We are in a war. And if you categorize the things that this war is after, that the enemy is after in this war, the family is number one. But 1B is the children. More than marriages, it's the children. The enemy's after. He's after our children. He's after the children of today. And it is a war. Listen to the rest, the, these next two verses and then I'll, I'll, I'll end it with this. <clears throat> well, uh, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not of the flesh. Remember, Ephesians says, flesh and blood is not your problem. The devil, who is the problem, is your problem, not people. And you got to dig deep to get that. But you won't if you don't change the way you look at your role. And I'm speaking to mothers today for your children. For though we walk in the flesh, 
We do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's what you and I today are called to do. I'm going to come down to the floor, and I want to pray for the mothers. God is saying, I don't want you to just pray for situations. I don't want you to just pray for your children. I want you to war for your children. And there's a difference. In Ephesians, Paul encourages the church at Ephesus to pray with all kinds and types of prayer. Warring is a form of prayer. Intercession is a form of prayer. Confession of the Word of God, making declarations is a form of prayer because all prayer is is connecting with God. And what He wants is for you to war for your children, and when you're warring for your children, you'll war for other children. You'll believe for other children. And that's what He wants. He wants us to war for our children. And our children, when you think of children, you think of this... But your children, my children are this, right? They were this, but now they're this. Your children may be this, but they will become this. And all I'm going to say about the warring, I don't have time to go into it today, all I'm going to say is this. There's times when we see needs that people have, and we'll kind of like a, we'll have like a, stick and we're just kind of poking at it. Bless them, Lord. It's not enough. You got to learn how to war for them. Thank God for the Holy Spirit that we have. We have the ability to pray in the Spirit, to have the understanding of what God wants us to do and say and how He wants us to stand in the gap for them. I'm, I'm thankful every day that Jesus is my intercessor He's my wife's intercessor. He's my children. I speak that over each and one of you that are part of Gates of the City. He's our intercessor. But He wants us to take who He is, be just like Him, and be that type of intercessor and the one that will war for situations and not back off. I don't care. doesn't matter. I don't, I, yeah, yeah, but, you know, I heard this and they said this and, and it looks like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm warring with the Word of God with what the will of God is. You can, you know, in, in our society today, you can hear people all the time talking about, man, man, the United States of America is going to the tank. No. No, no, this is my country. Hmm? Get, out, get, get, get away. Get out of the way. It's my country. I'll take care of it. Nobody else wants to do it. I'll take care of it. But see, if we each have that attitude, we'll take care of it. Where? Here first. So we're not out there doing a bunch of dumb things that aren't going to produce any good thing. The more angry you get with people that don't think like you think, the worse it gets. And I'll just tell you, when you're in this and you're warring, 
against the Spirit. Remember, he said flesh and blood is not the problem. That means no flesh and blood. And if they're not the problem against your children, then you've got to stand in the gap and you've got to war for your children and you've got to make declarations on a day-to-day basis that are not just simple little, you know, kind of doing it if I remember kind of, no, 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 I mean warring and not backing off. My children will live and not die. Nobody's going to take over my children. Nobody's going to take my children from me. All, All kinds of lies and fears and things that people are listening to and hearing all the time. No, 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 not in my life. Not in my family. Not with me. Mm -mm. Because I know him. Not because I'm so good. Not because I'm so sharp and I know so much or whatever. It's what I know in him. He's the one that says from Genesis to Revelation, you will find every answer to every issue that we face today right here. And it's being mothers of faith that I'm calling you today. Being a mother of faith today. You're seeing and understanding things from this day forward that you've never seen before because you're going to war for it. Man, I wish I had about an hour to talk on that. But we'll bring it back. Somewhere, we'll talk about warring. It's time for the church to war for the righteousness of God in the land, in our lives, and mothers for your children. Fathers too, but we're talking to mothers today. Can you say amen? So, Would, would every, every mother in the house, would you just stand? I'm not going to have you come up here. Just, just stand where you're at in your seat. Thank you, Father. Just lift your hands to the Lord right now. And I'm just speaking something very, specific, just very simple and to the point over you right now. Father, today as we've talked about the Holy Spirit, I believe that the super natural Holy Spirit connection in each of these ladies today, each of these mothers, your Holy Spirit anointing and connection is on them to make their natural supernatural. What they do in the natural will be supernatural because of their connection with you. And I thank you, Father, that they have eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand how to war for their children, for their grandchildren, but as mothers warring for their children. I thank you that you're strengthening them, you're quickening them, Father. You're quickening their mortal bodies and giving their bodies strength to accomplish all that you have for them. I stand in the gap for them today. Devil, you are defeated in your assignment against their lives in the name of Jesus. You're defeated now. You have no authority over their lives. They are empowered to war and conquer and overcome and fulfill their purpose and destiny in raising their children, that part of their lives. The other parts of their destiny will be fulfilled in the the same way. 
but their first calling to their children. They will fulfill and make sure that their children rise up and desire to love God and do the will of God all the days of their life. Father, I thank you for the, the, the blessing, the empowerment, and the clarity they have in their role as mothers in their children's lives. Father, we bless you today. We honor you. Who and we give you great praise. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.